You're welcome to Face to Face Broadcast. Enjoy the dynamic teaching ministry of Pastor Tibby Peters, the President of Renaissance Assembly Incorporated. This message will take you from where you are to where you ought to be. The Word of God has the ability to turn every situation around. And that's why the Word of God must be heard. Sitting down to hear God's Word is submitting to God. James, the scripture said in James, he says, Submit yourself therefore to God and resist the devil. He will what? Flee. When you sit down to hear God's Word, you are submitted to God. So this morning, you are submitting to God. Every effort of the devil in your life will be resisted. Our submission to God is our submission to His Word. As our submission to His guidance, to His leading. That's submitting to God. So this morning, tell your neighbor, I'm submitting to God now. Amen. I am submitted right now to God. Hallelujah. Alright? By the hearing of the Word of God. Alright? People came to Jesus. The Bible says they came to hear and to be healed. So through hearing, healing is happening. So this morning as you are hearing, you are being healed. As you are hearing, transformation is taking place. Change is taking place. Liftings are taking place. Shifts are taking place. Turn around. Amen. People heard the word of God and their lives changed. Today is your own day to hear and be changed. It's not that you are trying to cram what you heard. No, 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 no. The word of God. The scripture said, He said, He sent His word. Hallelujah. And His word healed them and delivered them from their destructions. So you are under the influence of God's word right now. It means you have been positioned for a lifting. You've been marked for something more. Glory to God. I want to read a scripture to you from 2 Timothy chapter 3. I'm going to read verse 16 and 17. We have been talking about this scripture as a church this month. And I'd just like to read it. And allow the Spirit of God minister to us. Hallelujah. The scripture says, All scripture is given by what? By the inspiration of God. And is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. The 17th verse says, That the man of God may be perfect, truly furnished unto all good works. Those two verses contain so much that can be of great blessing to any believer. But the 17th verse says that, the end of it is good works. Everybody say good works. This season, God is furnishing us. Hallelujah. The Bible says, truly furnished. Completely furnished. There's an equipping of the Spirit. So that we can carry out all good works. And we have been enjoying furnishing. Say Amen. I told you God will furnish you with knowledge. He will furnish you with what? Knowledge. With gifts of the Spirit. Amen. With resources. Am I communicating? So that you will be equipped for every good work. Religiously, when you hear good works, the first thing you think about are charitable deeds. But in the context of the new covenants, Good works is more than giving money to the beggar. Hallelujah. 
Let's give a definition of good works from scripture. In Matthew chapter 5 verse 16, Jesus was speaking. Jesus said, let your light so shine, hallelujah, before men, that they may see, what? Your good works. And glorify your Father where? Which is in heaven. Where will the good works be seen? Here. Am I communicating? So Jesus talked about good works. From his statements, he said, let your light so shine. And if your light is shining like that, men will see good works. That means good works are manifestations of our lights. They are exhibitions of our lights. Let your light so shine that they may see. That means in the definitions of God, you can't do good works without lights. Amen. So he's not just talking about actions, good actions. He's talking about things that are products of revelation from God. They will see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. And our definition is giving of good works are the things that provoke men to glorify God. There are miraculous acts in our lives that provoke men to glorify God. Those are good works. I gave a definition some weeks back and I told you that the good works according to the New Testament is talking about miraculous acts of love. Not just doing something good. If he's just doing something good, anybody can do it. Why does the Spirit of God have to furnish you? Amen. He has to furnish you. Because it's, it, it has a supernatural element to it. Somebody is sick, you can tell them sorry. You can console them. But the good work Jesus is talking about is to heal them. Amen. Acts chapter 10 verse 38. He told us about Jesus. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and power. Who went about what? Doing good. And he told us the good. Healing all that we are oppressed of the devil. That means the good works there was the healing of those that were oppressed of the devil. In Acts chapter 9, we have the story of a lady that died. Her name was Tabitha. Interpreted as Dorcas. Give me verse 36. And scripture told us about her. She said, she was full of good works. Now, you think, oh, okay, I do good works. This, but listen to the scripture now. He said, now there was at Joppa a certain disciple named Tabitha, which inter- by interpretation is called Dorcas. This woman was full of good works and arms deeds. That means the arms deeds are separate from the good works. Arms deeds there talks about charitable deeds. That means in the definition of the New Testament, the good works is not just talking about charity. Amen. That's why I said, and arms deed, which she did. We are conveyors, hallelujah, of God's love. So when the Bible talks about good works, for you to lead a, another person to Jesus, there's good works. Amen. Because a man that is not saved cannot lead another one to salvation. Is that not so? So when Jesus says, let your light so shine, that means you have to have lights. Amen. You have to have some lights. So this season, the Spirit of God is furnishing us, equipping us for good works, for miraculous acts of love. Through you, someone will receive Jesus as Lord and Savior. Through you, someone will receive their healing. Through you, people will know more about Jesus. Through you, people will be established in the faith. Amen. You will disciple people. Those are miraculous acts of love. They are not things you can do from a textbook. You have to be anointed to do them. Amen. Am I communicating? Now, I gave you that definition of good works. But let me show you another scripture. In Ephesians 2 verse 10, we were told again 
And I explained to you, you see, anytime you're reading the scriptures, the scriptures ascribe to the itself the authority to give definition to things. Are you listening to me? What God calls love is not what the dictionary calls love. What the dictionary calls love is a feeling of fondness. What God calls love is a decision He has made concerning you. That's why God's love never changes. Man's love can change. Amen. So, when we talk about good works... We're not talking about good works based on the dictionary definition. We're talking about good works based on the scriptural definition. So in Ephesians 2.10 we see another definition of good works. Hallelujah. He said, for we, you and I in Christ, are his workmanship. And our translation says we are his handiwork created in Christ Jesus. Unto good works. Hallelujah. Unto good works. We were made for good works. Now, this fabrication happened in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. In Christ Jesus, we were wired. Amen. For good works. We were built. We were designed for good works. We were born for good works. Then he says, Which God, hallelujah, had before ordained that we should walk in them. That means we were predestined for good works. I pray that this year the Lord will open your eyes to see the good works that you were ordained for. That you were born for. If some of you don't preach the gospel, some people will never be saved. If some of you don't pray for the sick, some people will never be healed. It means that we have a responsibility. The good things of God can only be felt on earth when we do it. There's a scripture in the book of John. Um, Jesus was speaking. I believe it should be John chapter 10 or thereabouts. And um, the fellows wanted to stone Jesus. Give me verse 32. And so, good. Jesus answered them. He said, many good works I have showed you from my father. For which of those works do you stone me? Amen. So Jesus is saying, look, all the things I did are from the Father. They are good works. What were the things Jesus did? If they ask you about Jesus, what do you remember the most about Jesus? Hello? What was he doing? Healing the sick. Casting out devils. Amen. I say it again. Healing the sick. Casting out devils. Amen. I say it again. Healing the sick. Casting out devils. Amen. Good works. So he said, which of these good works are you going to stone me for? Hallelujah. Which one? That means Jesus did good works. And he said, the work I have done, you shall do also. And greater good works, amen, than this shall you do. The day you decide to believe the scriptures, your life becomes supernatural. Religion can make you question the scriptures. But when you have a personal relationship with Jesus, you know that that which is written is a love letter to you. It's personal. Hallelujah. It's not rules and regulations. You have a personal relationship with Jesus.
Are we together? So we are built for good works. We are designed for good works. I want to show you another scripture. 2 Corinthians 9 verse 8. It tells us something powerful there. It said, And God is able to do what? To make all grace abound toward you that ye always having all sufficiency in all things may do what? May abound to every good work. Hallelujah. That means the good works require grace. That's why he's making all grace. He's furnishing you with all grace to carry out all the good works. So the good work is a work of grace. I want it to be clear in your heart what the definition of good works are. What you understand, what God means in Scripture. You know, let me just just explain this to you. There's a big difference between the Old Testament and the New Testament. The difference is not in God. It is in the deal. The contracts, the agreements. It is the same God of the old covenant. The one that never changes. That is the same God of the new covenant. But the covenant has changed. Amen. The deal has changed. The agreements changed. So the requirements of the old covenant... And what the definition of good works will be in the old covenants will not be the same definition in the new. There is nobody sitting in this room that is in the old covenants. You can't even be. Your only relationship with God can only be through Christ Jesus. Praise God. You can't connect through Moses. Amen. Your only connection is Christ Jesus. That means that the New Testament is what concerns you. Amen. That's very important. We read our scriptures in the light of the New Testament. You can't read it any other way. It's called new. Because there was a former. So there was a former covenant and there is a present covenant. Amen. You are part of the present. Amen. There was the first covenant... And there is a second covenant. You are part of what? The second. Sometimes we need to remind believers. It's even not proper for us to say, so-so church is a New Testament church. Every church is supposed to be a New Testament church. Hello? (laughs) There is no Old Testament church. What's the church? Is the body of Christ? Is it the body of Moses? Amen. The church is the body of Christ. So, but for the sake of the confusion, sometimes that emphasis has to be made so that we bring everybody back to the consciousness of the new covenants of the New Testament. Nobody was born again in the old covenants. Hello. Sometimes when I say it, some people get offended. Say, no, don't go there. I say, Moses was not born again. Say, eh? Moses? No, 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 no. Don't speak lightly of Moses. It's not light. He was not born again. Elijah was not born again. Give me another name. They were not born again. They could not be born again. 
even if they wanted to. Because being born again could only happen after the death of Jesus. That's why the scripture says that he that is least in the kingdom is greater than them. That's why the Bible tells you that you are a chosen race. There's nobody that embraces salvation and is made to understand what it is that will ever want to leave it. When you see people say, eh, I don't want this, they don't even know what they received. No, they don't know. This morning, if you are here, you've not received Jesus as Lord and Savior, it will be a good opportunity to take that advantage. Amen. Listen to me, it's the best thing that could ever happen to you. He said, well, I've been going to church. We're not talking about going to church. Knowing Jesus. Amen. For yourself. Jesus is alive. And well. He made a declaration. Give me Revelations 1.18. He said, I am he that liveth. And was dead. Who talks like this? Amen. Let's read together. I want to go. And behold, I am alive forevermore. Amen. And have the keys of hell and death. Hallelujah. Jesus is alive. He was dead. But now he's alive forevermore. Never to die again. Glory to Jesus. Now I said all of this for a reason. Bow your heads this morning. It's just in my heart to pray the salvation prayer with anyone that wants to make Jesus the Lord of his life. The focus this morning is just to help you come to that place of salvation. That God has ordained for you. You want me to pray with you to receive Jesus as Lord and Savior? Can you lift your right hand above your head? Yes, just lift your right hand above your head. While you're sitting down, I'll pray the salvation prayer with you. And Jesus becomes the Lord of your life. You're here, you want to make Jesus the Lord of your life. It's a personal thing only you can do for yourself. There are certain things in life that nobody can do for you. Someone can stand in for you to be saved. You have to make that decision for yourself. So if you're here, you've not made Jesus the Lord of your life, I'd like to pray the salvation prayer with you. If I see that hand, I will pray the salvation prayer. I want you to be part of the next thing we want to do. Because you cannot, you know, some people want to receive the benefits of salvation when they've not received salvation. Hallelujah. Oh, we begin to prophesy, we begin to speak words over you. But you're not, you're not saved yet. Hallelujah. So, I want you to enter the kingdom this morning. And then you can flow with the rest of the church. So once again, all heads bowed, eyes closed. You want to make Jesus the Lord of your life? Let me see your right hand up. Let me pray with you. You're not sure if Jesus shows up here that you're going to be with Jesus. You're going to go with Jesus. This is your opportunity. If I see that hand, I'm going to pray. There's someone here that needs to receive Jesus this morning. And I would like to pray with you. Okay, I see that hand. God bless you. Father, I thank you. Pray this prayer with me. This service is for you. So praise prayer for me. Well, with me, sorry. Say, Lord Jesus, I believe in my heart. I receive you as Lord and Savior. You died for my sins. You were buried. And you rose again. From this day henceforth, I am saved. My sins are forgiven. I'm a new creation in Jesus' mighty name. And let people say loud, Amen. Now I can continue. Amen. Glory to Jesus. Look at them and say, Welcome to church. Say, Welcome to church. Some years ago, I was in a meeting and I had a pull in my heart 
to give the salvation call for someone to receive Jesus as Lord and Savior. And there was a man that was in his 60s in that meeting. And as I was preaching, I didn't know him from anywhere, but I just kept preaching. And um, I said, talking about Jesus and the need to be saved. And spiritually, I just had a focus on him. And then I kept saying, this could be your last opportunity. I don't normally do that, so I just was talking. And um, he didn't pray the salvation prayer. And we finished. So I closed the meeting and I left. The person that invited me told me that for as long as he has known that man, he had never been to a church service. And that he, he, he's not sure that man has ever had the opportunity of the gospel being preached to him. He's not sure. But after that meeting, he passed on. Amen. And that has happened several times in the last 20 years I've been preaching the gospel. That has happened several times. Where there's that strong urge in my heart. Sometimes even before we preach. To lead someone to Jesus. Because sometimes someone's time is up. Hallelujah. Yeah. It happens that way. And then God that is ever merciful stretches out his hand one more time to save that person. And that was the same thing that happened when I came up here this morning. Amen. To lead someone to Jesus. The day I gave my life to Christ, I was the only one that came out. And then after that, somebody else joined me. There are some things you don't need a community effort. You don't need support. It's so important that you do it on your own. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You know, if you are already saved, this shouldn't bother you. You know, if we're talking about the end times, those that are in Christ are at rest. You know that? Hello? Okay. If you are in Christ, you'll be at rest. Wow, wonderful. Let Jesus come. But those that are not in Christ will be saying, Man of God, change the message. Preach somethingness. Amen. Let Jesus not come now. I've not finished building my house. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. How many of you know that you'll be blessed before you leave here this morning? Okay, for those of you that don't know, I'm informing you. Amen. You'll be blessed before you leave here today. Glory to Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Alright. Let me say this quickly. I will just share this testimony and then I would pray for you. If you came here with any burden on your heart, any circumstance that only God can fix, I want to announce that you are in the right place. If you are old enough, you should have entered trouble in your life. Amen. And if you've ever been in trouble, <laughs> then you know that miracles should be real. Amen. They should be real. I want to read the scripture to you. Let's look at Psalm 20, verse 1. This scripture is for somebody. Hallelujah. The Lord hear thee in the day of trouble. The name of the God of Jacob defend thee. You are here this morning and you are in trouble. God has heard you. And his name will defend you. God is an expert in bringing people out of trouble. He has eternal experience in bringing people out of trouble. Are we together? He has brought his son even out of the grave. Amen. 
There is no trouble that you are in now that God cannot bring you out of. There was a man called Jonah. He was swallowed up by a fish. Whether it's a fish or a whale, there was a swallow. He was swallowed. Right in the belly of the fish, he prayed. If you are here and you are in trouble, this is your hour. I am called of God. This is what we do. If you are here and you are in trouble, now, there's, there's, I'm just having some little, no, little challenge is not trouble. No. Little challenge is not trouble. Trouble. You know what trouble is? In Nigerian English, you say, Wahala. And you need a miracle. Stand on your feet. Stand on your feet. Okay. Trouble. Thank you. Now, as a sign that this service is for you, this day, your trouble will be reversed. The next time nobody should stand again, you will stand up. It will be to give your testimony. There's an anointing being released concerning that your trouble. So I'll read that scripture again. The Lord hear thee in the day of trouble. The name of the God of Jacob defend thee. Are you ready? I don't have to ask you what the trouble is. But the solution is in my mouth. And God has equipped me to bring you out of trouble. He showed me today I was bringing people out of the pits. And you are that person. All eyes closed. I hold your hand in the Spirit. Everyone standing here today that is in one kind of trouble or the other, I am holding your hand right now. And by the power of the Holy Spirit, I pull you out of that mess. I pull you out of that situation. I declare that the Lord has heard thee. In the day of your trouble, your voice has been heard. And I speak to whatever trouble that has swallowed you to vomit you now. To vomit you now. To let you go in the name of Jesus. I bring you out by a mighty hand. I bring you out by a mighty hand. I bring you out by a mighty hand. There will be no scar. There will be no smell of fire on your skin. You will be so out of the trouble that nobody will associate you with that trouble. In the name of Jesus Christ. The heavens are open over you. And your case right now has been taken over by heaven. Receive mercy. Receive mercy. Receive mercy. Receive mercy. The next time you stand like this in church, you will stand to testify about how this trouble was reversed on your behalf. Someone celebrate Jesus this morning. Please be seated. God bless you. There are three groups of people, and these are just the first group. You know, sometimes people come to a church to just fulfill a religious rite. But people don't meet Jesus and go back the same. There are some fellows in scripture, the reason why their names were mentioned was because they met Jesus. They were no more just a face in the crowd. They became recognized. Recognition is coming to you. Because of your encounter with Jesus. 
the woman with the issue of blood. The Bible says, in the day that she lived in, there was a law that if a woman is in that condition, she should be separate. Unclean. She's unclean. And so, she's not regarded as a somebody. Are you understanding me? How many of you walk on the road, you know, how many of you walk on the road and greet a madman? Good morning, sir. Do you greet him? You behave like he's not there. Why is that? Because he's lost his mind. So, you, 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 the society treats him like a nobody. You just go your way. You behave like he doesn't exist. Now, when someone has that kind of issue of blood, the person is not supposed to associate with others. It's termed unclean. A nobody. But the woman purposed in her heart. Hallelujah. I don't know what you have proposed this morning, but you should propose something in your heart this morning. I dare you to propose something in your heart this morning. She proposed in her heart that if I will touch the hem of his garment, what will happen? I will be made whole. Then she touched. That day, she became somebody. Because Jesus said, somebody. He called her somebody. She was nobody, but Jesus gave her a name. Today, Jesus is giving you a name. Somebody touched me. Somebody touched me. That Luke's account. Somebody touched me. Somebody touched me. Everybody treated us. Nobody. When Jesus turned, he said, somebody touched me. Will you touch Jesus today in your faith? Will you by faith touch Jesus today and receive an identity that heaven will give to you? If heaven has called you somebody, no circumstance has the right to name you otherwise. If heaven has recognized you, no circumstance has a right to say otherwise. Glory to God. Tears are being away by the Spirit of God. Hallelujah. You know, one thing I love about church, people look good. Amen. Look at your neighbor. But you don't know what they are going through. Amen. No, you know, you can't tell. You can never tell. Except by the word of knowledge. Look at your neighbor again. They don't know what they are going through. There are some people sitting close to you. This city that sitting on is the most comfortable place right now. They, you know, there's somebody that don't, they don't want church to close because nowhere to go to. Let's just be here. You don't know. Some don't know what they're going to eat this afternoon. The perfume is smelling nice. Some don't know how they're going to pay the fees of their kids when school resumes. There are some that are here now. They did a test in the hospital and they found out something about themselves. They've not told anybody. They can't tell anybody. They're sitting close to you. Some have made foolish decisions that has you know, the decisions have closed a chapter. There's nothing they can do naturally to open it again. That's why you see sometimes you see someone on the road and then something that is not supposed to provoke him, he begins to shout. It's not that thing that he's shouting about. There are other problems. Somebody stepped on a fellow. He started talking. He said, no, 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 no. No, 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 no. What's the meaning of all of this? He said, no, no, I'm sorry. He said, no, don't just say you're sorry. This thing means something. What's the meaning of all of this? <laughs> it's obvious that he's not talking about what happened here. Amen. He's talking about something else. So you see some people in church sometimes they say, praise the Lord, everybody's singing, clapping. They can't clap. It's not that the song is not good. The problem, the weight of the problem <laughs> is so heavy that they can't raise their hands. 
I heard a comedian say that if he cracks a joke and you don't laugh, it means that your problem is heavier than his joke. Amen. It's not that he's not funny. But the Bible says something powerful. Jesus turns mourning into dancing. He will give the oil of joy. Hallelujah. Whatever doom, whatever gloom is hanging on you, Jesus can change it. As I'm speaking, I'm bringing your circumstance to the surface so that we can address it this morning. You walked into a pool of answers. This service you came for today, you walked into a pool of answers. No matter what the situation is, there's help for you in God. Say, I receive that help. Say it again, I receive that help. Glory to God. The reason why sometimes we share testimonies is just for you to know that God has done that kind of thing before. So your mind opens to the possibility of God addressing your circumstance, meeting your need, visiting you. There are cases that people will bring up you know, even the pastor sometimes will be wondering, you know, how is this going to, how is this going to be, uh, be sorted out? But God is never stranded. Are you with me? God is never stranded. Never stranded. For every one case, He has more than a million ways to solve that same problem. Glory to God. And so in your case, God is not going to be stranded. He can never be stranded. Glory to Jesus. Jesus used to ask them, What do you want? So today I want to ask you, What do you want? Amen. What do you want? What do you want God to do for you? What do you, in what area of your life do you want God to intervene? Is it your health? Is it your family? Is it your career? Your business? What area do you want an intervention? This service is an intervention service. Divine intervention. When God steps into a matter, you know God has stepped in. Hello? When God steps into a matter, you know God has stepped in. I share this testimony in one of our services. I say it again. Our church, um, our ministry has been registered in the UK for some years. And they do, you know, not like maybe here, you know, they are very thorough about their documentation and all that. And we had the accountant or charter secretary that does all our annual returns and all that. And he did not do his job. I was here in Nigeria. And then letters started coming. And they had given, they would give notice of 30 days, they would give notice of 21 days, all this kind of thing, 7 days. They had given several notices. And I was here. I didn't get the letters. Nobody sent me the letters. And then they called us to court. Hallelujah. When they do all of that, then they take the case to court. And then it was the court summon that came. Whoa! And there was pandemonium. Everybody was panicking. What are we going to do? What are we going to, you know what are we going to do? I was here in Nigeria. I was built to travel just a few weeks from that time. When I received the letter, even relatives and friends you know, we're really concerned because it touched, it's something that affected many people. 
in different ways which I can't explain now. So my wife said, what's, what's going to happen? I said, don't worry. Give me the documents they gave me. I said, just give me time. I locked myself in. And I started praying. I tell you today, there is no storm you cannot swallow in prayer. You didn't hear me, oh, you didn't hear me. There is no storm you cannot swallow in prayer. I kept that document We began to pray. I began to pray until I got a note of victory. When I stood up, I told my wife, it is settled. I said, I have settled it. She said, Amen. Some people were still calling. I said, it's settled. Is that same settling that I want to settle your matter now? I said, it is settled. I said, it is settled. Oh, I said, okay, okay, okay. You know, they didn't know. Then I traveled. The moment I arrived, all the people that were working with us there, I'd call them over the phone. We were working immediately. Send document here, do this, do that. I said, call the um, company's house and um, Her Majesty Revenue Service. Call them. I said, call them. You have the number? Call them. They called. And then the phone was, um, see, we received a letter, someone wants to call for so so, so we've not done this till today. The woman said, she, on my system, there is no letter that was sent to you. We said, he said, no, um, I said, call again. He called the second time. He said, no, we received a letter telling us, he said, there's no letter. Just, you are supposed to submit some documents. Do the thing you are supposed to do. No letter has come from our office. Till today I am with the letter. There is no, they don't have any proof that they sent us a letter. That God is your God. So are you ready for things to be settled? That same way God settled that matter is how God will settle your own matter. Glory to God. Nobody can explain it. I said I'm with the letter. But they are not with the letter. The person that sent it cannot find where he sent it from. Glory to God. God is that big. God is that big. I speak into your life in the name of Jesus. For divine intervention. Father, for every hand lifted today, I ask that you divinely intervene in their affairs, in their family concerns, in their finances, concerning their career, in the name of Jesus. Let God arise on your behalf and let every opposition be dismantled. Let God arise for you and let every opposition be dismantled. In the name of Jesus Christ. Listen. Man can attempt to resist God, but God always wins. People can set up walls and barriers against you, but if God is with you, even they can't go explain how it happens. Several years ago, I was involved then in business and um, we had something that we were supposed to do. And we had come to (laughs) the end of the road, you know. Are we going left? Are we going right? We didn't even know what to do anymore. So the lawyers on the other side were coming with a client. I was also coming I was come with my lawyers too. The night before I spent time and I began to pray. And while I was praying, the Lord told me 
when you go, ask this question. And he said, you don't need a lawyer. So I was there. They said, where is your lawyer? I didn't come with a lawyer. And they were there with their lawyers. So they presented their case. After hearing them, I just asked the question the Holy Ghost asked me to ask. They went inside. They said, excuse me, we, we didn't think of this. So they went aside and said, let's talk to ourselves. We'll get back to you. They never go back to me. I would never have thought of that on my own. Never. That spirit is at work for you. It's at work for you. Divine intervention. You are believing for a property. Divine intervention. You are believing for moving to a new house. Divine intervention. God steps in. And the story changes. It just changes. You, everybody will know that no, 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 this, this is the hand of God. This is the hand of God. As a young man then, I'm not as young as people think. Amen. It's the glory of God. As a younger person then, I was in faith and I said, ah, I don't want to be using um, Belgium. I'm not from Belgium. Amen. <laughs> I want to use brand new cars. Amen. So that year I just made a decision. I said, from this year, I told, I said, from this year, brand new cars. Banks were doing, what do they call that thing now? There's this thing they do where you pay monthly. Yes, you know, they help you over a 24 month period or 36 months. They give you, um, you pay instrumental, make instrumental payments, and then you get the vehicle. So I saw the deal. I said, wow, this is wonderful. God has ways of reaching everybody. You understand that? Everybody. Glory to God. Ways of helping everybody. And for me, that was good. Okay? 20% down payments. Then you break the payment over a 36 months period. And I loved it. So I looked at my finances. I looked at the thing. I said, I can do this. I can do this. Listen. I said it last Sunday. I won't say it again. Whatever you have on your mind that is good for you, God has a bigger plan. And a better plan. He has a bigger and a better plan. So I went there. Went to my bank. Talked with them. We agreed on everything. I made a deposit for the down payments and we're ready to do it. So I was just discussing someone heard and said, um, oh, you want to do that? I said, yes, okay, okay. But you know our banks, they said, um, give us time to process the doc- do the documentation, come back maybe so-so day or something like that. I can't remember how many days now, but come back so-so day. So in between those days, someone asked me, have, have you bought the car? I said, no, no, the bank told me to come. I said, ah, why are they delaying you now? I said, no, no, it's normal now. They'll be processed, you know. Then, the day now came. I got to the bank. And they gave me papers to sign. Sign here, sign here, sign here. You know how they do. Sign here, sign here, sign here. I was ready to sign everywhere. But I just said, let me look through the documents. When I looked through it, I saw that instead of 36 months, they made it 24 months. So, so I looked at the figure. I said, ah, no, no, this is not what we agreed on. So my account officer called me aside and said, come. Um, actually, my boss said, we have stopped giving out these loans. So I still force, try to get a good deal for you. So I, the, my boss said, the best that can be done is 24 months. So just take it. I said, no, we agreed for 36 months. He said, no, no, sir, just take it. While I was complaining, he said, pastor, take it. Someone called his attention. Just then my phone rang. Your phone will ring. Your phone. Your phone. Listen. Receive this word. Your phone will ring. My phone rang. My phone rang. What a time for my phone to ring. I love those kind of phone calls. Divine intervention phone calls. Divine intervention phone calls. My phone rang. I was in a bank. Sky Bank. 
Woji Road then. They have moved. Woji Road here in Jerry. Sky Bank. Upstairs. And then, hello, the person now called and said, have they given you the car? I said, she was somebody, is it your car? He was telling me, oh, so I just follow me up. Have they given you the car? I said, no. We are the bank and the bank. I said, what nonsense is this? The person is talking about the phone. Ah, go today, come tomorrow, go today. How much is even the, 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 the money that they even talk like? In short, come and collect the money. I thought I didn't hear the person well. I said, hello? <laughs> I said, come and collect the money. I said, excuse me, I'm in the bank now. Um, if I leave the bank, it means I'm turning down the deal. Are you not hearing me? I said, come and collect the money. I said, now? They said, now. Come and collect the money now. I reminded the person again. I said, if I walk out of this place, I'm turning down the deal. Oh, I said, come and collect the money. So I caught the call. My bank officer came. My account officer came. He said, so, Pastor, what have you decided? I said, somebody wants to give me the money that I don't need the loan again. You know, I will never forget what he said. He said, oh, pastors, that's how he used to talk. Collect this thing, you know. I said, no, somebody wants to offer me. He said, cut him. So, he was feeling for me as I was going. Because on his own side, he's a good guy, but on his own side, he won't be able to defend that with his boss. So I walked, left the bank, drove straight to the place. When I entered, the person was angry. What? It was on the floor. The person gathered bundles of money and gave me. Go and buy the car. This was several years ago. I carried the money. At that time, I didn't know how to buy a brand new car. So I drove straight to the car place with the cash. I went there. I said, I want to buy a car. <laughs> they said, hey, no, 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 no. Go and pay it to the bank. I said, but the money is already here. Why am I going to the bank? Collect it. They said, no, no, no. Go bring a teller. So I went to the bank, paid in the money, brought the teller, they gave me the car. I drove it straight to the bank. I called my account officer. Come. Come and see what I'm talking about. Today, I pronounce upon your life divine intervention like that. I declare that your own phone will ring. In the coming days, in the circumstance that you are in, in the situation you are in, God will pick the heart of a helper. And your own phone will ring. And help will come from the strangest places for you. In the name of Jesus, say, Lord, I receive. Say, Lord, I receive. Say, Lord, I receive. Divine intervention. Divine intervention. Divine intervention. One last testimony. How many of you are receiving today? There are some of you here that already have some crazy testimonies. But God will make those testimonies look small. He'll make them look small. 
You don't look small. There are people that were written off, say they cannot have children. God has given them children. They say they cannot marry. They've gotten married. What kind of miracle are you believing God for? Amen. What kind of miracle are you believing God for? The last testimony is this. Years back, we were looking for an office to use for a particular project. And um, we were going around asking questions, you know. There's a place I had in mind. We didn't want to pay for an office. We want a place where we share with someone that was already running an office. So I was talking to someone about the office, the plan. Uh, We want to have an office. There was a fellow sitting down around where we were discussing. He had lost his mind. Amen. You know, someone that had mental problems. He was just sitting down. We're not talking to him. We're talking. I was talking to someone that was saying. That fellow that had lost his mind came back another day. He said, Sir, I found an office for you. First of all, I didn't discuss office with you. I don't even know what you're talking about. I said, which office? He said, you're looking for an office now. I found an office for you. I said, who told you I'm looking for an office? He said, you were talking with somebody. I was sitting down ahead. I went to look for office. I found. Now, honestly, I will not have own considered him, but he he was insistent. So I said, where is the office? He told me the place. He said, I should come and see it. I even had a little issue carrying him in the car to go with him. Because for me to go with him, we have to be in the same car. But I followed him. We got there. See office. (laughs) So I entered and then he introduced me to the owner of the property. And the man said, um, Are you the pastor? I said, Yes. He said, Okay, we do clearing and forwarding stuff, but we're always not using the office. He said, You need an office, so this is an office. You can use it. I said, How much? He said, No. No. It's for free. I received the office, but I want to understand the technology behind this thing. So I said, sir, explain to me, why you, give, you don't know me? Why are you giving me an office? He said, well, I've always wanted to do this guy a favor. So he came and said, that if I want to do him a favor, I should do his pastor a favor. That's how we got office. You will get household. You will get that land. You will get that contract. I stand as God's servant today. And I declare to you that this hour is an hour of divine intervention for you. God arises on your behalf and situations begin to align themselves now in the name of Jesus. As I speak now, circumstances align themselves for you. Things are working together for your advantage. In the name of Jesus Christ. Let us say loud, amen. amen. You know, maybe you just came to church today. You're wondering how people are shouting amen and amen and amen. They're shouting amen because they know what happens when words like this are declared. Amen. The Bible talks about the foolishness of preaching through which many are saved. Amen. We've, we, we've have, we have mind-blowing testimonies 
mind-blowing testimonies of God's greatness. Amen. Manifested. And your testimony is one of them today. Somebody came to this church some Thursdays ago. Dickie Stanley's friend. Dickie Stanley, wave your hand let them see you. He came to collect, look for support. Um, he was flying, traveling abroad or something. He needed money to complete his ticket. And he was looking for you. He was in church. And I was here declaring, Allahs are coming to you in the name of Jesus. He entered the church and said, Amen. His own money came. He's not a church member. So you that came today, you are not a church member. There is something for you. Say the Amen. Divine intervention. He's not a church member. He came. A lady is related to someone in this church. She had not had a child for a long time. She came. One service. She has children today. Amen. I don't know what you are carrying inside you that you want to give birth to. Capacity has come to release it in the name of Jesus. Father, we thank you. We thank you for your kindness. We thank you for your mercy. Thank you for your goodness. Can we just thank the Lord everywhere? Just thank you for listening to this message. If you have been blessed, you can reach us by email on info at faithtofaithonline.org or call us on 234-806-361-3560. You are big, blessed, and loaded. Thank you.